Welcome back, family. You are listening to episode number four with Julia Deaver. Welcome to Under the Covers, where each week we share the real, raw, and inspiring stories you need to help you create amazing relationships. From the bedroom to the boardroom, I'm Aaron Elsworth purpose-driven entrepreneur and your guide on this epic, funny, sexy, and spiritual ride. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, let's jump right in. Family, we've got a great show today. Julia Deaver is a well-known experience in brand designer and marketer. She's the co-founder of Get Hired Summit, Cybercraft Summit, and the Impact Summit. She's also director of volunteer projects for the Silicon Slopes Tech Summit. She's also LinkedIn local co-host for Salt Lake, Utah, and she serves on the board for the Experience Design Management Program at BYU's Marriott School of Management. She was nominated as Woman of Inspiration in 2019 and enjoys empowering others to live their best life. You'll find Julie in California at the beach with her beautiful three kids and husband, Chris. Honestly, this was such a treat to have her on the show. Make sure to listen to her stories with intent and see how it applies in your life. I promise you, if you do that, you're going to gain some great insights and help you further your progress towards living your own best life. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Well, Julia, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you. You are welcome. So you currently live in California, correct? Yes. I'm a Northern <laughs> California girl So how, in how, the sun. In the sun. And you've dealt with some smoke, I'm, I presume, earlier this year. We did, yeah, with some fires, um, some smoke, and some orange skies that made me feel like we were living on Mars for a day or two. <laughs> but it's it's still California, so we we um, rebound quickly, and um, it's beautiful. And I think that's one of the most important things that I want to point out to the audience about you that I found is your mindset, your Aww. positivity. Like the way that you project to the world, the very beauty that's inside of you that can impact those around you. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah. And in terms of how we look at everything, one of the things that I noticed as I've you know watched you grow on social media is how you connect with other people. And I'd love to share a little bit of your story with the audience so they have context as to how you became this amazing, positive, vibrant person that you are. Hmm. So maybe you could share one or two highlights that have helped define more or less who you wanted to become, maybe when all the pieces weren't there initially. Right. So when all the pieces weren't there, um, I realized really quickly that I was not the person that I was put on this earth to be. And I don't know if there was ever a point in time where I knew specifically um, all of the capacities. I don't think any of us know, because I think if we did, it wouldn't be this amazing opportunity for God and universe to surprise and delight us with something so much bigger and better. But I think there was, or I know there was this moment in time when I said to myself, um, I'm really tired of being afraid of being myself and of owning my story and owning my life and owning my potential and owning my journey and rising to it. And I had given all of these years, I'd given 12 years to being a stay at home mom 
um, and doing, I like taught aerobics and I um, did everything I could from home. So I would run events, um, but everything was right there with three little kids in tow. And when my youngest went to school, that was when I said, she's got her wings and she's flying and mama bird's got her wings and now it's time for me to fly. And so that's when I decided to really embrace my own abilities and it's an organic experience. It has been really organically um, given to me step by step as I've taken this journey one foot in front of the other it's like the path has been laid right in front of me and I just continue to keep taking that path. And I think when you feel um, the drive and the passion for um, creating and connecting and you realize um, that it is your God-given um, gift to do that and you will not um, live to your fullest potential unless you are doing that you just embrace it and then once you've embraced it you realize that other people crave it and then you start realizing wow I didn't realize the whole world was really missing this because I've kind of been in my own world for so long and then when I came out to really work again people really craved that energy they craved connection they craved somebody who was willing to have the difficult conversations and to make it okay and once they find that and um there people realize like wow i i want that too so it's just been a really beautiful experience and um one that i i just thank every day i thank the universe and i thank god for everything um and for, especially for my abilities and my my light because without that, I don't think that I would be who I am, but we each have it inside of us. It's just determination to find it. Agreed. And you talked a little bit about, you know, uncovering that. Right. And one of the things that I would just ask is when you talk about moments in life, was there a particular time? where you spent some reflection. I, I noticed even just on um, some of the stories you posted recently that there was still uncovering to be done. Oh, Can yes. you talk to, talk to us about that recent experience and what things changed for you? I mean, you're already someone that's so vibrant and, you know, helping so many people. So what, what changed? Um, I would call it like an awakening. And you can have awakenings in various degrees. You can have awakenings in various topics or various um, needs, spiritual, emotional, mental, physical. What my awakening was was kind of all of the above in different degrees. Um, I felt my first awakening happened when I was willing to own my story and speak free about my story of um, being raped on my mission while I was uh, serving a mission in the Dominican Republic. I had kept that secret for 15 years um, after my mission until I finally decided that I was no longer going to hold that in and I would own it. And then owning that gave me a sense of power and freedom that I had never known. And then it became this um, thriving feeling inside of me that owning my my 
my story was actually part of what I've always been needing to do. And so once that happened, um, I started embracing my ability to um, really see myself in in roles and as this powerful woman and I could see myself, I could envision everything I wanted to do and I knew that it was what I um, was going to do just uh, almost as clear. It was like that manifestation, right? Like you can see it as clear as day. You know what you're here to do and you know you're going to do it. And I started really envisioning. And so that was an awakening for me as far as my power within me. Um, so owning my story, envisioning my power, owning that power, and then really being confident in myself actually came from healing a lot. Um, so let's go back to like the, the 2019 tech summit, um, or I guess 2000 or 2020. So the 2020 tech summit, um, happens, COVID is on the rise. <laughs> and I remember, um, we had many discussions before the tech summit. We, we anticipated 40,000 people right there in Salt Lake city to attend live. Right, right. And we did not want to believe that COVID was a threat in any way, shape or form. Cause we, we needed to have this live event and we, um, really kind of just, we skirted just by the, you know, hemline before the cutoff of being able to have any kind of everything shut down what like you know a couple weeks later and um i remember being at the tech summit and covid was coming um i had just been served divorce papers um i had my father was about to pass away i didn't know that um my my car was broken into my wallet was stolen during covid um my whole life just felt like it was in this incredible personal pandemic yeah. so the whole world's in a pandemic and i'm sitting there realizing okay but i'm in a personal pandemic like i'm gonna lose everything like everything that i think and then it was this moment where i thought but what if i'm not losing anything what if i'm actually gaining everything and what if all of this is actually making me a better person and what if I stop running from it or stop getting angry um, or frustrated or, or fearful of anything and I just embrace it and I accept it and I love it and I own it and I decide where I want to go from here. Do you think that your experience in terms of owning your story from what happened on your mission and it's for the LDS or Mormon church, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So do you think without that experience would you be able to handle things, not just handle, but go through the process that you did now without that? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, Cause you don't know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> and all I know is a life of, so I was abused as a child. Um, there was a lot of abuse in our family and we grew up hiding that, right? Like, so I grew up in a very, um, male dominated society. And, um, I always was told not to say anything about my reality. And so I took up theater 
that was my way of becoming something else and being able to speak a story, but it wasn't mine. So I could live that, right? Yep. Um, I could be anything I wanted to be on stage. I didn't have to be what I was when I would go home and be afraid. And I remember there was a time when I was a very little girl and I said to myself, I will never forget what is happening to me and I will never let this happen to another person around me as long as I live ever again. So my children, my sisters, my brothers, anybody, I was determined to put an end to it. And I also had had been determined as a child, like, I mean, I'm talking about like five and six years old, looking in the mirror and saying, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of this. And so um, I knew that I had to stay quiet, but I, I knew inside of me there was this burning fire to like live and to to do something bigger and and all of those things that's what I know that's all I know is a life kind of in the shadows um, and then you kind of get really tired of living in the shadows and you start to realize that um, you don't have to be there and just because those things happened doesn't mean you have to reside there that is not your home that is not your place. And those are things that you do, do not define yourself by. They do not define you. They are not you. You're so eternal and so filled with light and love that once you get to that place, that you realize that you cannot even exist with hate, fear, anger, any of those things, guilt, shame, none of that exists because you they cannot exist in the same person as love and light yes yes and there was a time when i remember um this is interesting but if if anybody's mormon or lds the church had asked if people would write their or record their story about times when grace saved them and i remember um thinking i know for me that um grace and um, my faith and all of these things had gotten me to that point in my journey where I needed to be. Um, But I also felt like I had not really experienced any kind of real full grace, even though I felt like the grace of God was where um, I needed to be, like the grace of, of God and universe and whatever you believe in. I feel that there's a light from from you know, your faith or your connection to source. And so I questioned it and I, and I decided to record my story. And so I recorded my story about being raped on my mission and how, um, you know, uh, how difficult that was. And actually it was the interesting part was how difficult it was to be asked not to tell people, um, that, being asked um, to really to, you know, kind of keep it private. Uh, I think we were, we all lived in an, in an age 20 years ago um, where we, we didn't want to put a, a, a light, like a negative spin or a negative light on serving a mission or on the church in any way, shape or form. And we obviously have our whole, the, the universe has really enlightened uh, all of us since then and the progress we've made as a church and as a faith and as a people and as a universe, I believe is really, um, 
lifting us all together. I mean, look at um, the movements all around us. That's enlightenment. That's that's people taking a stand. And I was taking a stand like five years ago. I took a stand and I said, I am not going to hide this anymore. And I recorded my story. I sent it into the church. And lo and behold, the church asked me, will you come in and meet with um, church leaders and tell us your story? And so I was on, I was there the next day in Salt Lake City, um, meeting with some church leaders and, and owning my story. And it was interesting to me because when I walked in, I could tell that they were afraid in a sense that I was going to be angry, that I was going to be frustrated and angry and upset. Um, and that I would, would feel some sort of anger about what happened to me because I'm assuming a lot of people who tell their stories um, about things that go wrong, they come in with that anger and they just want to be really upset. And I came in with so much love and light and they just kind of didn't know what to do with it. And I said, I would never, um, I don't regret what happened. And I think it took them by surprise. I, I not only don't regret what happened, I would go on my mission and experience the whole thing all over again, Yeah, yeah. as awful and as evil as it was in my life, because it's made me who I am. And owning my story and owning my journey now also makes me who I am. And so that's okay too. It's okay that I was told not to tell anybody. It's okay. I forgive you. And, and there's so much love and forgiveness so much love when you really forgive um, others and yourself you really experience love and um, the deep kind of love right? right and then you have to do that all the time so these journeys we take they're they're daily life happens right it's going to keep happening it's going to keep throwing it at you and you're going to keep digging and keep digging and keep digging and you're going to realize there's still stuff to uncover but it's not running from it that's going to change you. Yeah. Running is not going to help you. Um, it's going to be sitting in it and saying, it's okay. I'm going to I'm gonna experience this. I'm going to thank it. I'm going to love it. And I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to say, you no longer serve me. And I'm going to let you free now. And I'm going to become who I need to be. That's so powerful. One quick question I have is, how did you get to that place to think that you are not only going to record it, but you're going to give it to an organization, like in a public setting and for them to scrutinize something that's so personal to you. Some people, they have a hard time even putting it in their own journal, let alone letting their spouse know or whatever it may be. So I'm really curious, how did you get to that point? You, you, you kept saying that I needed to, I needed it to be known. It, I think, you know, that's an interesting question because um, I think it wasn't necessarily something. I think it was my my ability to, I had dwelt in the shadows for so long. I was so familiar with it. Um, and And it was this ability to navigate my way through it. Um, and I think that it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of confidence 
And it takes a lot of owning your own shit. Yep. It's no longer about that person who did it. Because let me tell you something. Your pain will not make you special. No. Your pain will not make you a better person. Your pain is not going to be the thing that you're standing at the top of the mountain saying, look at me, I'm so painful. I love my pain. That's not what's going to get you there. And, and it's not going to be the why either. Because so many people want to know why and they want to scrutinize the why and why did this happen to me and why would that person do that and why is that person not having a worse life and, and more pain? Well, that's not going to get you there either. It's never going to be about why and it's never going to be about your pain. It's always going to be about what you do with it. And as soon as I recognized I had done nothing with it, it was me realizing I have to do something with it now. I have to tell it because that's the only way to open it up. And it's like, have you ever um, cracked like um, open, I'll tell you a story. This is a great story because I'm sure you've heard of um, the Japanese and how they crack, like they'll, if a bowl breaks and they'll repair it with gold, right? Well, let me take it a step further. Um, There's this beautiful story about um, the monks and they had this beautiful Buddha and he was, he needed to be moved from a location to another location and they brought the cranes in and um, the 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 Buddha was starting to crack from the weight because it was a very heavy Buddha, and um, but they couldn't figure out why it was so heavy because it was just made out of clay, and so um, it started to crack, and so the rain started to come, and the monks covered it with tarps, and one of the monks went out in the middle of the night to check on um, their big statue. Uh, Buddha that they had and he started to notice as the sun was coming up that there was um, a glimmer underneath the clay he could see a shine and so he started to peel back the clay off this Buddha and he realized the Buddha was made of solid gold underneath the clay and all they had to do was rip all of that clay off and it was a solid gold Buddha And that Buddha, that symbolizes each of us. It's not until the cracks come that we notice the light. We're so afraid of the breaks, right? So many times we're afraid of those breaks, but it's actually those breaks that where you see the light coming out. And if we just start to peel it away, that's when you realize it's solid gold. It's solid light. It's solid you. It's solid me, right? Like we are there. And all of that is just waiting to be poured out. And it's our job, right? Like that's our job is to pour it out. It is. And what's interesting in that story, it was in the night. Right. On Like as dawn was breaking, that that was discovered. And that's usually how it goes, right? It's usually our darkest, most horrific moments when we come to realize the truth. I always, I always tell the people that I work with that there's always two sides of the coin. A lot of us, when we focus on that we're not enough, we want to focus on the one side, but we don't see the beauty. And those that are very ego-driven on the other end, we see all the beauty and how great we are, but we don't necessarily see the other side. Right. But just just like owning the light and the love, you got to own the dark 
Like you've got to own that shit too, because when you're saying that, I'm like, I'm also dark yeah. and I'm also not, not, not kind. And I'm also those things. But once you own it, it doesn't have power over you anymore. Exactly. And it's interesting because people may think that I've had an easy, um, that my life may have been easy. Maybe they see that and they think she probably hasn't experienced the depths of sorrow. I have experienced depths of sorrow to the point where I have laid um, in my bed and thought it would be better for me to kill myself or just to be dead than to experience the grief that I was experiencing because I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to process that kind of loss and thinking that that loss was now um, somehow taken from me, right? Like something was taken from me, but instead it was realizing the power was always there and the light was always there, but that grief can be so painful at times. Um, but you know, I've, I've realized that in those moments, it's not the situations that cause you to feel like that. It could be anything. You could be going through a divorce. You could be going through, you could be raped. You could be going through a loss of a child, a loss of a parent. Right. You could be going through a million, you know, varieties of things. Um, but it's the hopelessness that makes you feel like you don't want to be on this earth anymore. That's right. That's right. Once you realize that it's, there is light and there is hope and it's just that feeling um, and then you can own your feelings and you can say to yourself like, okay, this is not who I am. These feelings are feelings, but they aren't me. And I can, I can allow myself to grieve right now, but I will not allow myself to stay here. Very well put. That is so awesome, Julia. So what's amazing about all this is the fact that you had these crazy experiences earlier in your childhood even through adolescence and into adulthood and you owned your story, but that was just the beginning. Right. And so help us understand what it looks like when you think that you own your story and then life hits you. What, what have you learned? Well, you think you own your story and then you, um, learn to live Great way to put it. because actually you think you know it and you're doing the best you can and you're residing in your power and everything's great, but you're still learning to live because you're going to make mistakes and you're going to hurt people and you're going to also have beautiful experiences. And you're also going to have these moments when you realize I'm not going back to the way that was. I, I like it better over here or Hey, that did not serve me. That kind of screwed me up big time. I'm not doing that again. Um, but the biggest kicker for me was through all of these recent experiences, realizing that guilt would never serve me. I was not going to feel guilty for any of the choices I had made, regardless of how awful they were or what anyone else thought of them. I wasn't going to feel guilty for deciding what I needed was right for me. And once you decide that you will not be in a place of guilt, shame, or fear, you really learn to live, right? Yeah. And so this daily allowance 
of I own my body. I because my my spirit owns this body, right? Like yep. this body is a gift to me. And heck, if I'm not going to love it and embrace it and enjoy it. And so having that um, ability to just kind of sense myself and own this and live in it and um, feel every sense every day and then encourage other people through my um, awareness and my acknowledgement of my own realizations, just sharing it with others is helping them and lightening them and giving them the freedom to do so as well. And every day you just wake up and you, you ask yourself, what is it today? And how am I going to, to enlighten myself? And how am I going to enlighten the world? And what is this journey going to bring me to today? But no matter what it is, even if I choose to do something that others would judge as not right or not what they would do, that's okay. I am not going to feel guilty or ashamed of that. I'm going to own my decisions and I'm going to embrace them. That's very powerful. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yes. You have family in your life. Yes. You have it sounds like you have religion in your life. You've got other people maybe at work. You have a spirit in your life. Spirit is more important than religion. Okay, great. You have these different areas or facets of your life that may have demands on you. So how do you go about making that decision and not feeling guilty given those circumstances? You own your decision. You, you look at yourself and you say, I no longer care what you think. Because what you think does not determine my love, my worth, my value, my light, my love, and myself. Mine does. And so once you own that and you really decide, no more will I live um, this fake reality that I've created for myself based on somebody else's demands for me. And that's all ego. So let's just break up with ego. How about that? (laughs) ego it's over like I'm this relationship doesn't work anymore you're an asshole and I'm out out and once you do that and you get out and you just decide like well guess what like if 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 your intentions so it's really about intentions right like when you look at a picture of a person I really believe you can tell their intentions by really just looking at them if their intentions are to get attention and to drive um, that ego sense and look at me and I'm just going to do this just because their intentions are off, right? And so it comes back to the intentions. If your intentions are light and love and pure, it will always shine to the, to the highest and purest of good. And it will meet people at that place because light attracts light. We're magnets to each other. And so once you own that decision that you will reside at the highest frequency and the highest vibration and you will love yourself and you will love your life and you'll say, this is me and I am a hundred percent okay with that. And who I am and who you are is also amazing. It gives people freedom to feel that it gives people freedom freedom to be empowered themselves. So, you know, you really just have to stop caring what other people think. So one of the things that I like to do in terms of reframing that is I like to position it as I care so much what other people think 
that I need to be myself because I can't serve them if I, I can't pour from an empty cup. So if I have no love in me because I haven't done the work on myself, I have nothing really to give. Right. Doesn't that feel so good to say? Yeah, it really does. And so authentic and so vulnerable. Yeah. And, and for me, it's always been a balance. Right. And the problem has been that that mindset has been hijacked to what you were talking about, where I have lived according to the expectation of others. And like you say, owning your story is a huge part of that. It's both right. sides of it. Well, see, here's an interesting thing. I don't think it's about balance at all because in reality, the only reason why we have to balance is because there's gravity on earth. Sure. But you know what's crazy? We don't balance in water. You don't go swimming and balance. You float. You exist. Right. What if it's really about just existing and saying, okay, I'm, I'm here. And if you, you know how, when you get into water and you can float and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm not even doing anything. And I'm just here. That feeling is so much more powerful because you're allowing the forces around you to do the work. Oh, I agree completely. So I really don't think that necessarily we have to like, because I think too many people think I have to balance everything and I'm constantly in this need, 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 need. Mm. And it's demanding and it's still stressful. And I think, but what if we just stop all of that and we just say, you know what? Just exist right now. <laughs> That's so true. Just be like in the water and just float for a minute. Yeah. And, and then once you recognize you're just there and everything else is picking up everything else around you, you're going to realize that it's so much better like that. Yeah. No, I agree completely. The, the thing that I think a lot of us experience is that the job still has to be done. Right. The kids still need to be fed. Right. There's all these other demands, but the ideal state we can get there. Right. And it's maybe not looking at it from the perspective of like drop everything and just focus on me, but rather I love myself enough to take this moment for myself to be able to create that utopia. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, I can respect others in their own space, but I first have done these things. So then I can do those others because ideally if everybody were in, in that same space where they're just existing, they're just floating as you're saying, like on water, then yeah, we wouldn't have to worry about anything. <laughs> right. So right, it's a powerful place to be in. And I get it about like, cause I have three kids and you know, but I, I recognize that. Like, and I'm a mom, so I cook their meals and I do all of these things. But I also recognize that um, children are really capable as well. And yes. so I think the expectation of um, them realizing that 
So my children are very self-reliant. That's awesome. Maybe it's just because they recognize like that's how mom is and, and that's how dad is and that's how we're, we want to be. And it's kind of this given. But when I go home and I cook meals for them, it's the joyful thing. It's it's not even a demand. And I, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, who can, I don't care if we're eating at dinner at five o'clock or yep. if we're eating dinner at nine o'clock. I feel like this joy that comes from being with them um, and having that experience is that part of like the forces around you coming together and saying, we support you in your needs. And if you're, and for me, I mean, think about it. My, my life is traveling. My life is, is trying to go and do as much as I can and then get back to them. Um, and, and still be able to stay in yeah. that place. Right. But that's when you realize like it, it always, somehow it always it's always there, yeah. you know, like you take what you need and you leave what you don't. Right. And, and it's, you come back home for that base, right? The sanctuary. So are there any thoughts or anything that's coming to your mind that you feel impressed to share before we wrap up? Yeah, I would just say that, um, being confident and, um, feeling your, self as a confident person is a gift you're giving to the world. Um, knowing who you are is a gift to the world because there's nobody else like you. There's nobody else that can do what you do and love like you love and light up the world like you do. And when we don't allow ourselves to show that and to embrace that and to give that, um, we are, we're holding back, um, from what the world needs and all of that creativity and all of those beautiful things that need to be discovered and, and, and created and made and, um, given, right. It's all there within us. And it just takes that courage and that strength and that desire and the intention, right? To just go and do it. But once you get to that place and you really feel, and you know, you know who you are, um, you can give that gift to other people. Right. That's so powerful. So Julia, one question that I have that I wanna leave with you is, assuming this is the end of the mortal sojourn for you, what is the legacy that you hope to leave? Oh, I love that question. Cause I named my daughter Faith. Oh really? Wow. Uh-huh. When, uh, I named her Faith because I knew she would be a legacy of my faith. And I believe our children are that, right? Like we get to leave on this earth, literally a person like us. And, um, I know. I know my legacy is going to be light and it's going to be love and it's going to be empowering and it's going to be also some dark and there's going to be some moments of sadness and there's going to be some stuff that people had to forgive. Um, like we all do, but I, I know my legacy will be, we are all stronger together. And when we love each other, we make this world a better place. And if there's anything that I would hope that people would say, 
when I leave this earth, it's that she loved me and I knew it. Thank you again, family, for listening today. I hope that you picked up a lot of information that's helpful and that's applicable to your life right now. As always, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a rating and a review. It helps us rise in the rankings and it helps us reach more people and have a greater impact. Also, just know that if you ever have any feedback or if you want to reach out, you can check me out on Instagram primarily. That's where I'm at the most. You can send me a message, like, comment, whatever is best for you. But just know that we're here for you. And can't wait to share more amazing stories and great episodes up ahead. So until then, peace and love, family.